1: amazing they're resilient they're tough but they're fun and
2: i'm i'm really excited to hopefully meet a lot a lot more of you
1: isaac has the big game then we became a real balanced offense for the playoff run which i thought was really important he put on the greatest route running exhibition i have ever seen in my life (laughs) he was he was football 24 7 and that was the greatest part of of chad
3: times at times the early part i would tell him when we were throwing deep passes i said don't wait too long you know, because I'm going to get away if he ain't going to have the arm to get there. So, you know,
4: they, I want to run to the ball, you know. Well, it looks like Duke's in the waiting room. I don't want to keep Duke waiting. He gave us uh, a very limited amount of time. I know he's a busy, busy man. Duke, what's going on, big dog? How you doing, buddy?
1: Jim, how are you, man? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, hey. I'm real busy. I'm sitting on my porch.
4: Yeah, well, hey. i <laughs> <laughs> a little drink going on there. <laughs> you
1: know, Joe Burrow has played in big games his entire life and I would think he will be a steady hand at the, at the, at the bow of the ship, and uh, I think I wouldn't be surprised if they take him all the way to the Super Bowl. I really wouldn't.
4: Good evening, everybody. We got Jamie from Canada on his phone taking some video. What's up, everybody? Hey, guys, we're getting closer. We're getting closer to football season. Amazing day yesterday uh, down at uh, Paul Brown Stadium. The largest, I think it was the largest practice crowd ever in, in Cincinnati football history, if I'm not mistaken. But um, just real quick, I want to apologize uh, right off the top. I was really kind of pushing the YouTube focus, specifically YouTube and YouTube only. I did not do the best job communicating throughout the week uh, as much as I should have. So we decided last minute, uh, the guys on the screen here got on me and said, hey, we need to make sure we go all all social media platforms. So sorry to do the best job communicating there. So whether you're watching on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, thanks so much for being here with us. We're, we're excited about the show tonight, guys. Big, big uh, show tonight. We're less than, what, 16, 17 days away from knowing if Ken Riley or Ken Anderson, who are now on that finalist list of 12, will be one of the three. Uh, that make it into the Hall of Fame. So tonight's focus is going to be Hall of Fame focused. We're at uh, 8.05. We have Clark Judge, a senior Hall of Fame voter, and writer, and host of Talk of Fame Network. Um, great guy, uh, friend of the show. He was on with us last year as well. 8.25, we have Bengal senior writer Jeff Hobson, who is critically important involved in, in pushing these guys with the Hall of Fame voters. Then at 8.50, we got John Turney uh, from uh, – Pro, who is a expert in pro football Hall of Fame history? Uh, he works for what is it Tom? The National Football Focus Pro or football, football
1: Journal. Journal. He pro football, pro Journal. football Journal.
4: So it is going to be a Hall of Fame discussion tonight, guys, and it's going to be some good stuff. We got some pretty poignant questions to ask Jeff and and Clark tonight about about can and can. All right, so it's going to be a lot of fun. We got some ready to go for those guys, but let's start off with this. On this, I'm sorry. Let's start off with the back together again at uh, at PBS yesterday. Almost thirty thousand fans down there, guys. It was a pretty hot, toasty day down there. Caleb and I uh, were down there yesterday. Uh, got down there early at eleven o'clock in between bar. We had fans come in from Denmark. We had fans come in from North Carolina, Chicago, Northern Ohio, Indianapolis. Uh, it was it was an amazing day yesterday, Caleb.
5: Yeah, it was good to get everybody back together. I mean, exactly what exactly what it is. It's even if it's not a real game, it's getting the whole the whole group back together, seeing everyone in our stadium. Even if it, we didn't get to sit in our actual seats, um, it was it was still cool to you know get everyone out there. And it's crazy that without out, even Burrow being there, 20, 20 almost twenty nine thousand people showed up, knowing that Burrow wasn't still going to be there. That's that's pretty good testament. I mean. Obviously, coming off the Super Bowl is going to increase that a little, but uh, it was still exciting to see that many people out there.
4: Yeah, and um, I think there was a, an article or something, I think maybe the Inquirer, somebody was saying that almost 30,000 at, at the Bengals' practice, there hasn't been 30,000 people in the last three games at the Cincinnati Red Stadium, uh, Great American Ballpark. So you can see the uh, the excitement in this town. It doesn't seem like it's dwindled at all from the Super Bowl. It just seems like this excitement is continuing uh, in the
5: offseason big time. And it was only in the lower bowl. I think if they actually just opened it up to more people, I think they could have had it more than that, honestly. I mean, I know right. that we had a lot of tickets go to waste, but, um, I mean, I, I, I believe that uh, I believe that if they opened that up a little bit more, it would have been in the Baker, honestly.
4: Yep. So, real quick before we get to uh, Clark, who just popped into the waiting room right now, we got to do on this date in Bengal history. So, speaking of yesterday's 30,000 people down at Paul Brown Stadium, Tom, there was another date, July 31st, 2010. Something happened down at Georgetown College for practice. What was that?
1: Georgetown, uh, which has a very nice stadium, uh, filled it up. Uh, I believe a little over 10,000 showed up for the uh, Bengals practice that day that was – during the area, one of, one of the several uh, hard knocks that the Bengals did while Marvin was head coach, and not long after they had signed Terrell Owens, so there was a bit more excitement, and uh, everybody made the journey up from Lexington and down from Cincinnati and Dayton and and across from Louisville and then filled up Georgetown. Yeah, and, and if anybody – had, everybody that's watching right now, if you've ever been to Georgetown
4: back in the day for, for training camp, Very small division, three NAIA, college football school. Bengals dumped a lot of money into it. Um, But it couldn't have held any more than $10,000, 10,000 people. Uh, So there was people standing remotely the whole nine yards. It's a very small facility, but they probably could have had more that day if there was room. So, well, guys, look, we talked earlier uh, about on the intro about uh, the the Hall of Fame. And obviously with Ken Riley and Ken Anderson now being in the finalist of the the twelve. I think August sixteenth there will be a vote um, on if those those two guys get in that final three. So uh, we're very excited to have uh, you know a Hall of Fame voter, writer, host of talking uh, talk of Fame Network. We've had Clark Judge on before, but and we're very honored. It's not very often you get to talk to somebody like Clark. But I want to welcome Clark Judge to the show tonight. if we can bring you on, Clark, Clark, for you.
6: Clark, he how you hey, good.
4: How are you? Good, good. All right, Clark, before we get going, what's the hat? What's the beat? What is that?
6: Portland Timbers. Portland Timbers, okay. uh, Major League Soccer. My uh, brother-in-law owns the team. Okay. Really? Okay. Yeah. They, they're, they're, they're very good. They're very, they're, they've been very good. They've had a great record. I love watching soccer. Uh, I wasn't a soccer fan before, but uh, I am now, and um, they're fun to watch, and I've been out there a couple of times. It's a great venue. It's a great... Situation, and uh, I become a soccer fan. So I become a Portland Timbers fan. That's what I've got to have. <laughs> this comes oh, right, free, right too. Right we,
4: <laughs> we are all really big soccer fans in this show, so that's awesome.
6: Oh yeah, no, I, I enjoy it. Hey, hey, Clark,
4: it's funny. My, my son lives in. Uh, he just moved the the Portland, uh, maybe about a year ago. So he's been to one of those games before with his with his girlfriend. Yeah, so the atmosphere
6: is incredible. incredible. It's like it's like watching a game in uh, England, from what I know, of what I see in uh, Premier League games, but. I didn't pay any attention to soccer before. It wasn't enough scoring for me. Now that I understand the game more, I really, really have come around to it. I I like it. Um, uh, It's still tough to watch it sometimes, but uh, when I watch the the Timbers, I love watching because I've got a vested interest. So anyway, thanks for asking. Yeah, yeah.
4: So – Clark, you and Jamie are the only two soccer fans on this screen. Right now. Yeah,
6: does yeah, well, that surprised me. I thought he was actually being cynical. I thought I wasn't no. sure he was being. I, I stick up,
4: I stick up for the beautiful game all the time, but these yeah. guys can't—they can't appreciate it. I love it. It's a,
6: like, it's a great, it's a great game. It's—I'm I mean, a baseball fan. I will tell you that in heart, I'm a baseball fan, but i come in around to uh, to soccer, and I think it's, I think it's a really nice. Where I said before, there wasn't enough scoring for me then I realized it's not about the scoring, you You know, you learn the game. Yeah. It's about the play. And so. All right. You and and, and
4: Jamie, you and Jamie can go over to the soccer podcast. Uh, Okay, good. See you guys. I'll be back in an hour. Okay. (laughs) Clark, man, we appreciate you being here. Everybody that's watching right now, we've got a bunch of folks watching live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Any questions that you want to throw out to Clark, uh, Respectfully, you know, just you know, type those in the chat area. And Caleb's now in the back right now. Kind of, he'll be kind of keeping an eye on some of those questions for. You. We'll try to get to some of those later. Clark, yeah. man, tell us, uh, you know, we're we've got some some excitement right now here in Cincinnati with a lot of a lot of things going on with the Bengals and coming off the Super Bowl. We got a, you know, two more people going into the Ring of Honor this year. Just seems like that momentum is carrying over. We think into this Senior Hall of Fame selection. Hopefully. So we got Kenny and, uh, and Ken Anderson and Ken Rowley, who we talked to you about last year uh one of those those finalists in that 12 so kind of just kind of open whatever you want to talk about just what was the process whatever you're
6: able to share Clark you know I sure. you're not going to be able to share but getting Ken and Ken getting into that final 12 talk a little bit about that. Sure. They're they're both uh, up for the seniors committee, which is people who've been out of the game 25 years. You're not eligible to become a modern era candidate until five years after retirement. You've got a 20 year window. If you don't get in at that point, you go into the senior pool, which we call the great abyss, because there's so many quality players in there, people who are Hall of Fame worthy, who just never come out. Well, we brought that up with Jim Porter, who's the new president. And he said, it doesn't seem like it's really fair to have one a year and, and I know Ira Kaufman and I and, and Rick Goslin uh, among others, I said, yeah, it's not fair. You need to expand it to at least two. Well, he went to three. He's going to three each year for the next three years. And uh, one of the reasons is because at one point I said to him, you know, the great, the great setback for these guys, or the, the big mistake they made, some of these people, is they got forgotten. It wasn't their fault. They got forgotten. And I used Al Wistert as an example. A guy was a star player for the Philadelphia Eagles in the 40s. He played nine years. He was an eight-time All-Pro in <laughs> nine years. He won two NFL championships. He was the captain of the team. First team all decade. He's not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I mean, if you were eligible today, be a first ballot guy. So I we, we've forgotten him, and he's not. he didn't even make the cut. So um, I, I was really disillusioned by that. But anyway, back to Riley and Anderson. Uh, Both of them are in the final 12. That's good news for all you guys. That's good news for Bengals fans, because there's some momentum, as you pointed out. And I think if I were to handicap the two, I think Riley's got more momentum than Anderson. Both of them are Hall of Fame worthy. But Riley was a runner up a couple years ago. and, And I thought that was a springboard to Canton the next year. In all honesty, guys, he disappeared last year. I, he, he, was, he was in the conversation, but he was not among one of the, f- the last three or four. And so I, I don't know what happened there, but clearly it was a different group of people on the senior committee who were voting at that time. And at that juncture, I remember saying to Jim Porter, I, I think this is unfair. I mean, what we're doing is we've got nine people on this committee. We're talking to five of them each time. Well, All you need are three votes. It doesn't take a, Einstein to figure that out. And he said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to open each of these committees, the retired or the senior committee, um, which I'm not a part of, to 12. And all of them will be available. They're all going to be involved in the vote. All are going to be involved. And so that now brings in the Riley faction, which may or may not have been there last year. It sounds like it wasn't. Brings them now back into the fold. So now Riley's got some momentum within that group because those guys are are, are going to vote. Um, I'm on the contributor slash coaches committee. And, and we've also expanded to 12, and each person makes a presentation uh, for those finalists. So Ken Riley, because he was so close two years ago, and because his numbers, at least, speak for themselves. 65 career interceptions, tied for fifth. Tied with whom? Ch- with Charles Woodson. Oh, wait a minute, Charles Woodson. The first ballot Hall of Famer. This guy can't get in. Of the seven top interceptors, only one who, Hall of Fame eligible. Only one is missing. Happens to be Ken Riley. So um, that's going to bode well for him. As I mentioned, I think on this program before, the elephant in the room is his teammate Lamar Parrish. Okay, uh, Lamar Parrish, five All Pros. Ken Riley three. Lamar Parrish eight Pro Bowls. Ken Riley zero. That's going to be the big conversation uh, when they when the the Riley. Faction brings up those numbers. Somebody at some point is going to say, "Well, explain why his teammate got to more Pro Bowls than he did." And I know what the answer would be. Probably is because he also played special teams. Great punt returner, good kickoff returner. I think he set a Bengals record in in one year for uh, for single season punt return yards. I think I'm not sure if he's still the all time leader, but it was at one time. But in any case, that that's going to be an issue. But I that said. I think he's got momentum to honestly be one of the three this year. If it were down to one, I'd say probably not because he lost some momentum last year. But the fact that within the last two years, he's been a top finisher, I I, I like his chances as one of the three. Um, And I don't know how it handicapped that field because it's a strong, strong field. But I'd say Howley would probably be one of them. And if I were to guess, I, I might think Maxie Bond might be another because I know he was a top finisher last year. He didn't quite make it. But maybe Maxie Bond. But you got two linebackers then, and, um, and I don't know if, if the group would say we need to go to another position. But that that group of 12 is loaded. It, it Kuch, Kuchenberg. Kuchenberg could make it too because he missed the cut. In fact, Kuchenberg might be the third guy. He made missed the cut, although he was a – finalist, I think something like eight times he kept coming up, kept coming up, and he didn't quite make it. And and he he was a great offensive line, a great offensive lineman. That was an oversight, but the fact that he's back now, he may be one of those three. But I think Riley's got a shot. I think he does. I think Anderson's going to have to wait.
4: So so Clark, I guess I don't want to dig too far into this because it's frustrating to us because we've talked to a lot of Hall of Fame voters. It just seems like there's definitely bias that comes into play. It's, how in the hell can Ken Riley be a semifinalist one year? And then not even in a discussion year two? It's a different group of people making it every year. It seems yeah. like when they make, make these decisions, but uh, Tom let's, I would like for us to kind of dig into, because you made a great point and we really kind of battle back and forth on this discussion on, on what well, Ken Riley's hall of fame or pro pro bowl and uh, all pro. I mean, Tom, let's dig into that. I know, I know you and I have talked about this so many times.
1: Well, yeah. Um- none other than Ken Anderson himself made, made the point and there. There are several when it comes to Ken one, he was very soft. He was a Paul Brown guy. He didn't speak to the pre- press much. Not that he was stand office. He was just shy. He did not say much. He was very quiet. He did all the talking on the field. He didn't dance. He wasn't flashy. He just went out and, and broke up passes and intercepted 65 times. Uh, and there's something else, you know, back then with the voting, Players didn't see other players other than watching film for the coming week. Maybe they'd get a little snippet of highlights if they got home from their game, from the 4 o'clock game in the East. If they got home by 6.30, they might see the highlights on CBS or NBC. So, you know, he wasn't like Lamar Pierce. He wasn't returning punts. Uh, you know, he wasn't the Deion Sanders of the 70s like Lamar was. But, but Clark, when you, you bring that up, and if it comes up with some of your peers, of which – we enjoy talking to all of them. Uh, in my case, some of them make me lose my hair and my my blood pressure goes sky high with some of their logic. Uh, I, I think some of them need to get into politics, but um, with the inconsistency of their answers. But one thing you know about Lamar Parrish is, um, there we are. Uh, is you know, Ken Riley played half of his career without Lamar Parrish. Mm -hmm. He played half of his career with Louis Breeden on the other side, uh, you know, or, or the, the, you know, Charlie King, you know, but before Lamar. So, you know, he did make three pro bowls. I I think it's really up to the uh, good question for the voters. Why didn't he make it when he's being all pro, but didn't, didn't go to the pro bowl. Uh, We asked Mel Blunt that last year and he was stunned by that. Uh, And one thing to consider is from the old AFC central, Uh, You had Mel Blunt. They went ahead and put in Lamar Parrish largely because of his return capabilities. And and God bless Lamar. Hey, as soon as Ken goes in, we hope everybody that uses that excuse joins us in pushing Lamar Parrish for Ken. But, you know, it would not be extremely likely that the voters are going to put all three cornerbacks in the pro bowl, all from the AFC central from two teams. So, you know, they took the guy who was on everybody's mouth Lamar Parrish, everybody was talking about him. They didn't necessarily take the Hall of Fame corner in Ken Riley. And, you know, Ken's play depicted it. I mean, you know, you you go back and watch some of those old games when you're able to and you watch how he defended Cliff Branch. You watch how he defended Swan and Stallworth. Uh, He was a fantastic tackler, especially for a cornerback. I mean, elite level at all at, at everything you'd want from a cornerback. And despite being quiet, talk to his teammates. He was a leader. He was a smart, smart football player. He went on to coach in Green Bay for a while before he took over uh, at his alma mater, Florida AM. and m So, you know, the, the criticisms of him, I, I really I, – I don't – I certainly don't agree with and I don't see. And granted, I'm I'm partisan. And granted, we, we are from a very small market. Um, you know, we've got a very good – representative and jeff hobson wouldn't have anybody else but uh i i i think the criticisms fall short but i, I think the the compliments are right on
6: you want me to respond to that yeah, I, I, yeah I, um i i don't disagree with you but i will say me lamar paris moved down to washington and um you know he's he's then with a different system a different team still going to pro bowls and being uh, an all pro but um but I, I, I don't disagree with that. I think it does need to be explained, to be honest with you. Um, I do think numbers speak for themselves. i just like to have somebody sit down with me and tell me why. And, and we had um, – I'm on a, a podcast I do with Eric Coffman called the I Test for Two, and we had Ken Anderson on last month, and he explained that. He said Lamar Parrish was a flashier player, you know, and, and, and Ken Riley was quiet and he was a leader and he just did what he did. But like you mentioned, Lamar Parrish was no slouch. He had 47 interceptions. I think it's something like one of 20 DBs to go to eight Pro Bowls. So that speaks for itself. But I, I just, I, I just would like to have that explained. If I were in that room, I'm not in that room, <clears throat> but um, I certainly would, uh, I, I certainly would be leaning towards voting for him. Uh, I, if he's not one of the top three this year, guys, I honestly I'd say he's probably going to be in the top three next year. Only because I know who's pushing in there and what's going on. Um, but there are other, I mean that that list is loaded. Um, oh. and there are people that that you you probably wouldn't maybe some of you wouldn't remember. Eddie Meadows on that list. Eddie Metter was a great safety. He was a great safety. He's been forgotten. He's just simply been forgotten. And I'm glad to see him come back. And I think Rick Oslin's going to make his case. And 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 that's good for Eddie Metter. But he his his case needs to be resuscitated. But Ken Riley's numbers just don't go away, and that's going to be tough for voters to refute because they sit there, 65 interceptions. They're with Charles Woodson. We put Charles Woodson in, first ballot. What's gone wrong with this guy? And and you can't really say anything except that, well, his teammate, Lamar Parrish, you know, he had this, he had that. No, forget about Lamar Parrish. What about this guy? And, and he's been forgotten. And honestly, I thought... Um, that he might be, I, I, I thought he might be um, uh, m- might get some more attention. A when you put him the uh, Bengals, whatever his Ring of Honor uh, Hall of Fame, whatever. Um, and and also his passing, I thought his passing sort of drew attention. To the fact that here's a guy's been wrong. I mean, this guy's been overlooked. We we need to do something here, but but it didn't. And and now these in the top twelve. He's got a shot. I mean, he's I think he's got a shot because now everyone knows who those 12 people are.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America, NA, member FDSE.
4: Yep. Clark, here, here's what's interesting. We, you know, talking to a lot of the voters over the past couple of years. They all have different there's not just one format that they use. Everybody has their own opinion of what they sh- what they're fighting for for their mm-hmm. guy. Everybody has their guy they're trying to push to get into the Hall of Fame. Not necessarily the right guy, all of them probably deserving. But who should be that one guy? They always want to fight for their guys. But we were told very specifically that, hey, if you get other Hall of Famers that played against these players, like Ken Riley, who pound the table for him and Mm -hmm. video that information – well, watch this quick video. I kind of put a couple clips together. I want to get your opinion on this piece right here, if I can find it real quick. Uh, watch this video. We... Ken
1: Riley gets my full-throated endorsement for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. When there are, there
7: are 65 reasons that he should be in the Hall of Fame. And really, there's probably a lot more than that. I mean, you know, total turnovers that he's, he was responsible for. My case is that the man is a Hall of
4: Famer, his records indicates that and so justice need to be served for ken Raleigh. thank you very much so clark we, we've had you know we've got a couple more coming from two other hall of famers i'm hoping to have here within the next week but james loft and michael haynes and mel blunt have those videos are very powerful those are just very short snippets of two or three minute videos yeah but man they're. Pretty powerful video that, that has to make an impact. Just wanted to get your opinion on that, Clark.
6: Yeah, it does make an impact because Lofton played against him. Um, you know, Blunt really didn't because he didn't line up against him, but but he certainly saw him. Um, and so, um, he, and Mike Haynes, I mean, listen, Mike Haynes might have been the greatest quarterback in, that I saw in my lifetime. And I, I, I covered Deion Sanders, but um, Mike Haynes could do it all, he could do it all. So when Mike Haynes speaks, listen to him very carefully. And, um, and, and, and those comments should resonate with voters. And I say should, because I know what happened in the past year. And what happened in the past year was Kirk Reynolds, formerly of the San Francisco 49ers, put on a video with five or six offensive linemen who faced Bryant Young. And, and I covered Bryant Young, and I'm a Bryant Young supporter. And it was a brilliant idea because they volunteered to be on this call, and they had Hall of Fame voters or anyone who was interested in being on that call to fire questions at them. And it really resuscitated his campaign, Hall of Fame campaign, to the point where he got in this year. I mean, He got in and he wasn't even a finalist last year. And, and so he made it back. He was a finalist in 2020. But in 2021, of the 10 guys who didn't make it the year before, he was the only guy who didn't make it back. That's a bad sign. I mean, that happened to Roger Craig, in it was 2010. He never got back. So By did, and it was that video was very powerful. It was very powerful. And these were guys who had volunteered. Um, you know, Schlereth was on there. Kevin Gogan was on there. Uh, Robbie Tobek was on there. Guys from all different walks of of life. They were from different teams. They'd all played against him, and and they didn't say he was the, the necessarily you know Hall of Fame worthy. They went far beyond that. They said. He's in the category of Warren Sapp and and, uh, John Randall, except two of them said he's better. You wanna stack him? I go B-Y Randall Sapp, another guy said B-Y Sapp Randall. That really resonated with the voters who were on that. And that thing got momentum and it carried over into the meeting. And when we had the meeting in January, that was talked about a lot. So I, I, I applaud you for getting in touch with these guys, because if that's available to voters, and it is, I mean, I just saw it, that's powerful stuff. Those are guys who are on the field. And I always talk about eye tests. I mean, that's that's why we named our podcast the eye test for two. But if you watch somebody, you know they pass the eye test. You can tell when you watch John Elway throw a pass. He passed the eye test. I covered the Colts when Elway was drafted. Ernie Corsi said, I watched the workout for five minutes and I left. I don't need to see anymore. You don't. You know what you got. And so, you know, he either got it or you don't. And when you watch someone like Ken Riley, if these guys like James Lofton is saying absolutely, James Lofton is a voter. James Lofton is a voter. So there you go. There's got one vote. Um, I know several people in there, including myself, who are in that camp. So it's going to take a powerful argument to keep him out. That said, of those twelve guys, <laughs> I don't know who you toss. I mean, I don't know. I don't know who you toss there. You know, um, but uh, I, I, I hope he makes it this year. If he doesn't, I think he's on the short track now, guys. That's the good news. Don't get discouraged if he doesn't make it, because there's a guy like Kuchenberg. When I saw that list, I'd forgotten Kuch. but there's a guy like Kuchenberg that I think voters who are in there now go, How did how did this group ever not include him? How did we never not include him? But there were reasons and some some things that some of the um, um, voters had said, and some of the persons associated with the Dolphins at that time had said that that kind of hurt him. Um, but here you've got a lot of people now talking about a team that, that we weren't talking about a year ago. Now we are. Why? Because they're in right. the Super Bowl and, and everything's looking up for them. So um, I, 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 I think the, 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 the future, maybe it's the present, looks good for, for Ken Riley, but um, if it's not this year, I would think it would be next year. I mean, he's a guy Clark, that you, as it said, you can't just get over that sixty-five. So yeah, Clark, I'll tell you, man. Hey, I,
4: I do. We so appreciate you having you on, buddy. But man, I'll tell you, we're beyond the frustrated stage as Bengal fans, right? Just, I mean, we feel pretty strong. Like you said, I think the top eight guys in that all-time interception leader list are all in the Hall of
6: Fame, with the exception of one. He's yeah, I think Darren. Yeah, Darren Sharper. I think is tied for seventh. I mean, and he he's not going in for obvious reasons. But so like literally,
4: literally, you know, it's it's been one of those things where it's just been so frustrating. One
6: oh, bang in fifty-four yeah. years. Well, that's I the guess. that's the problem. That's the problem. You go. You going to tell me just one t- one guy in the history of that team, Anthony Munoz? He's the only guy Hall of Fame worthy. Of course not. So exactly. what are we doing here, guys? What are we doing? And 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 so I can't explain what other other voters have done. I, I've only been in there 13 years. Um, but there, but there's some people who have been in there close to 30. Yeah. So they've heard some arguments in the past. Uh, yeah, I, I share your frustration, guys. I'm frustrated about some other guys. Randy Gratishar is a guy I'm frustrated about. How, how are there no members of the Orange Crush defense in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Zero? Sure. No? No. It, Louis Wright's not in? Randy Gratishar is not in? What? Are you kidding me? But, but I'm going to tell you, he has no traction. He hasn't had any traction until now. So, you know, the Gratichardt is a guy I don't think is going to make it now just because he hasn't had any traction. But the fact of the matter is he's one of the 12 guys. That's good. The, the fact is you've got two two Bengals who are the 12. I mean, that's that speaks volumes. They've got a shot. So I, I'm not telling you not to be angry. You should be angry. Right. You should be frustrated. But you should be encouraged now that seems like people have awakened your franchise and said there's something wrong here. There are people who are Hall of Fame worthy who've been waiting too long. We need to do something.
0: Yeah
4: Clark, you sort of you sort of touched on my question a little bit, but obviously we're talking about you know previous generation of players. What what is the that's that's really close up on my face. Sorry. Um what's uh what what has the impact of the Super Bowl appearance this last season have, if any on uh, on the selection
6: process. No, I'd say absolutely no because the two the apples and oranges, I mean you're talking about modern day players versus players in the past. Um, the Bengals were a, a really good franchise at one time. I mean I covered i covered the Super Bowls when they were in there and, and they pushed the 49ers to the, the limit, you know um, but um, but it, it really doesn't have any impact on that. I, I, I think um, if, if anything, people sort of awaken to, Ken Riley when Woodson came up because it was mentioned that Charles Woodson's got as many interceptions as Ken Riley. And there's some guys, I'll, I'll be honest, I would think there are some guys in there who just go, Ken Riley? Well, you you should know about him. Maybe you don't. Look a little bit deeper into what he did. And right. and then when you say, wait a second, we put Woodson in as a first ballot guy? What, what was this guy doing? I mean, what was he doing to get 65 interceptions? And um, I don't know who it was, Mike Haynes, who said, you know, 65 reasons. And um, and, and the turnovers they forced, yeah. I mean, he was a guy that made a difference. So if he's in, a guy that made a difference. Why, error, why,
4: most of his interceptions in an era where they didn't throw the ball a whole lot. Too, no, which that's, is, that's right.
6: That's right. And and, that. and, and 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 I will tell you, I'm not, I, as I said, I'm going to caution you by saying, I again, remind you, I'm not on that senior committee. I'm not speaking for them. I'm not speaking for them. But I know what the talk can be and has been zero pro bowls. What does that mean? So that's going to have to be explained. But, um, if we just keep chasing our tail on that thing. So at some point, either you sign up for him or you don't, you know, at some point you either sign up for him, you don't. And, um, and I think some people at this point go enough's enough. We need to sort of move forward on this. So, um, let's see what happens guys. But when I looked at that list, I, I thought he's got a shot because there are three people now, three people for the next few years, nine of those people are going in. Nine of those, but you going to tell me Riley and Anderson get shut out from those nine? I don't think so. I don't
4: yeah. think so. Well, Clark, hey, we, we're going to go one more question, and then we got a little surprise for you. I think James wants to ask you a okay. question.
7: Yeah, we'd be remiss not to ask you a Montreal Canadian question on the show. You <laughs> talked soccer earlier. So, what's your thoughts on uh, your Canadians skipping on Shane Wright with the uh, first pick
6: this year? Yo, he lasted to the right fourth decision. Yeah, he lasted to the fourth pick, so I, I thought you know, that that sort of made me feel better when he lasted to the fourth pick because, I listen, I, I don't scout these guys, but I like the fact that they got size at that position because they haven't. You know, they had, they've had they had Gallagher, small guys there. Um, and, and so um, I, I, I think it's it's at least <laughs> it's encouraging looking forward. I mean, it's, it's so hard to go from a Stanley Cup final to the worst team in the league in mean, one year, um, but th- the fact of the matter is they've got to straighten out their um goalie situation. I don't know what Carrie Price is doing. I really don't know whether that knee is, is gonna, you know, continue to keep him um sidelined. I, I don't know what the situation is there. And and um it just seems like they caught something in the second half of the season, which was good because they actually were interesting to watch. The first half, it's 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 so, you know, it's okay to be bad because you have bad teams. It's not good to be bad and boring. And they were bad and boring. And that's that's a curse. That is a curse. I'm seeing someone saying I'm pulling Jeff on with Clark. Yeah, I'd like to have Butchie on here. Butchie's great. But I love Butch Hobson. Um, but um, I'm I'm just I, I'm I'm glad for the Montreal question. I've got. By the way, this came from my daughter. Picked this up when we went up there for my birthday. There it is, right there. They they were actually where where'd I put that number? Were right number there. One, they sure. were number one. Yeah, there it is, right there. Okay. Um, and then a friend of mine sent me. Uh, Jean Beliveau. Yeah, Jean Beliveau right there. Yep. Um, so um, anyway, and then I got, yeah. Oh, wait. That's, oh, yeah. It's the Jean Beliveau card. Yeah, the card. Jean Beliveau right there. Um, so um, I, I I love watching that team. I love seeing that sweater. Um, but I fell in love with that team in the 70s when they were the flying Canadians. Yvonne Cornway is my favorite player of all time. But um, uh, they're just not, that. they're not that team anymore. And, and, and hockey's not, that's not played quite the way it was then. And I loved it when Montreal had... They had territorial rights over anyone that was from Montreal. That was great. You know, you got any French speaking guy playing for that team. And I, I just love the history, but it's been a long time. So uh, in answer to your question, I, I guess I like that choice only because big guy with size and and because um, the, the sort of uh, favorite pick slipped to fourth. And I know he's got an edge to him now like Aaron Rodgers did. I'm going to make you pay for that. Okay, let's see i say hey
4: Clark, but, I just want to let you know uh because of you, this now is talking
6: football, soccer, and, and hockey
7: We're
4: I- <laughs> we gonna get
6: we, you got anyone from baseball? Oh, come on, baseball? <laughs> well oh no, you're the reds, oh, so now oh, the red's oh,
4: I, I got somebody here for you. I got somebody who wants to talk a little
2: baseball properly. Jeff Hey, he is right there. Clarkson, what's going on? How you doing, Claxon? Hey
6: Butchie, how are you?
2: Hey, I was I just want to tell you Clark I was at a uh, my baseball camp reunion in Lakeville mass and yeah. uh, they had a fundraiser for the Jimmy fund with a silent right. auction so I had a choice I could have got a uh, photo signed Robert Gordon or Scorner. I was looking for something for my for my son and uh, I could have got that for 200 bucks which was pretty good but uh, Bobby signed in the uh, may uh, May 10th 1970. Uh, winning uh, goal in overtime over the uh, over the Blues, I believe. Is that correct? It was the Blues and it was, or was either that? And Who either was the, that, goalie? Or, Who was
6: the goalie. Who was the goalie?
2: Gump Worsley? No. Glenn Hall. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, I thought he was pitching. Oh, well, that's Don Hall. <laughs> but anyway, the uh, and but that or a Pete Rose signed uh, hit king shirt, and since he grew up in Cincinnati, and there was somebody, and I'm sure there was somebody in that. In that place in Massachusetts, who it would have meant more the Robert Gordon Orr thing would have meant more to them, and my son it meant more the Hit King sign. Yeah, so I think it is good choice. Made a I made a tough call yeah, there. Yeah, it
6: was a tough call, but I, I'm gonna get kicked off this podcast now because I would have taken the Robert Gordon Orr because uh, <laughs> I, I love Bobby Orr. But you know, is it Bobby Orr is a god yeah. to me. Is a That's god. right.
2: Had to make the had to make the sacrifice there for for the for my son, though, because you had to make it. I understand.
6: I, he must yeah. have been delighted.
2: It's a tough call. It's uh, good to see you, Clack. I, uh, yeah. you've been, you know, pumping. Uh, I think Riley and Anderson uh, have, a, have a have are here in large measure for what the talk of fame has done, getting their uh, getting their story out there. And um, yeah, but you know, now I mean,
6: it's, it's in your hands. And I told these guys if they don't get in, you crack yeah. down on Jeff Hobson, all right yeah, That's he right. These-
2: <laughs> but it's tough because I've been writing for this stuff. You know, I've been writing on this stuff for twenty years, and oh, I know. I remember the late great Paul Zimmerman. I said this is in 2003, 2004, and I was in the and I was not on the committee at the time, but I was went to the committee as they had conven- before they were going to meet and during breaks in the vote uh, the day before the Super Bowl. And I'm asking, you know, why are these guys? Why are not Anderson or Ryle in? And Zim pointed in the hall and said, you know, into the room and said, look at the and this is in 2004 and he said maybe 8% of the guys in there have ever heard of Ken Riley right. and maybe a little bit more have heard of Ken Anderson.
6: That's right, yeah. And said, and in- know, they don't even know Willie
2: Anderson with the time. Well, that's was-
6: why, you know, I was on this podcast once before, and I think we were talking about Willie Anderson, and, yeah. and I know that he disappeared pretty quickly this year in terms of he didn't make the, the, the top 10. But I, as I t- told you, Butchie, after that vote, and I tell these guys, don't be discouraged. That's not atypical. The the, right. the the telling year is the next year. The telling year is the next year because you've got to move forward. And so if he if he you know is in the top fifteen this year, which I assume he will be, um, yeah. don't don't you know if he's he's thrown out after uh, the first vote, that's okay. But if he doesn't make the top fifteen, that's a bad sign to go backwards. And that's what I was explaining to them with Bryant right. Young. He did that, right. but then went from nothing all the way to the winner's circle. Willie Anderson's going to be in the Hall of Fame, guys. I'm going to tell you he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. But yeah. the fact of the matter is. He at least got his foot in the door. That's what you have to do. And Butch knows how important that is. Now you got to move forward. And when he gets in that top 10, now he's in the on-deck circle. But to me, it's so, so significant that you've got both Riley and Anderson in the top 12 here. And and honestly, I think that's, that, that's really going to help someone's chances, whether it's Riley or Anderson. Right now, if I were to handicap them, Butch, I'd say Riley over Anderson at, you know, immediately but uh, I think both eventually end up getting him
2: you hit it right on the head clack the issue is the parish issue that's it's, we it's just been, talked about the it. issue and I talked to the guy who's going to be presenting uh 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 Kenny and I listen it's it's I think I and correct me if I'm wrong but I think back then uh if a you know great punt returner and the only way you know but there was no spot for the punt returner. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Had, so they had so parish they needed to get Parish on because of his punt returns, and you know uh, a lot of the times he made it because of his punt returns. And they yeah, weren't going to, but- and they weren't going to, they weren't going to put two Bengals on there. And the other thing is, this committee was designed to correct wrongs. That's right. That's and, right. And 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 that's a wrong that Kenny Riley went to no Pro Bowls. I can give you a variety of reasons, overshadowed by the Steelers. They didn't, uh, you know, they didn't push their players. Uh, they uh, they didn't win a Super Bowl. I mean, it's, it's, you know, and, and that was Paul Brown's thing was look, uh, it's this a team thing. He wasn't really, you know, he didn't want to, he didn't want to push one guy over the other. Yeah. And um, I think, uh, um, you know, I can come up with 28 reasons why he yeah. didn't uh, if, the but, the cynic,
6: but, but the dissenters are going to say, uh, you know, he, he, up against the Steelers, well, Lamar Parrish is up against the Steelers too. He got elected. Uh, why didn't Paul Brown push him if he didn't push him? And those are going to be the questions that are going to be asked. That's
2: and and I'm sure he did. I mean, I'm sure he did. I'm just saying that it was not. It was a. It was a team based. You know, Paul. Yeah, no, I understand. I understand. You know, and, and and I think. I think the you know, and I think just uh, be but being in the same division as the Steelers, and I you know, as I've as I have tried to pound this too before. It's because the winning a Super Bowl seems to be a tiebreaker, you know. Yeah. And so yeah. therefore that therefore you have too many too many uh, good players on great teams are in and not enough great worthy players from bad or mediocre teams in. And I think that's, um, but you know, that's, we know the problem. How do you correct it?
6: Yeah. I think that particularly hurts Ken Anderson. I think that yeah. particularly hurts Ken Anderson because there's something like eight quarterbacks who haven't won championships right. or in the, the hall of fame. And, and, uh, Ken Anderson's numbers also speak for themselves, but, um, I, again, you know, it's it, it's a situation these guys are going back to. Why is there only one, one Bengal in the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 54 years? You know, people, and, and Butch knows in that room, there, was, there were complaints for years about Denver. Denver went to more Super Bowls than they had guys in the Hall of Fame. And suddenly, all of a sudden... <laughs> You know, we start putting Bengals in, Bengals in, and, and I'm sorry, uh, Broncos in and Broncos in. And I saw what uh, Jennifer typed in a, you know, a couple minutes ago. She said, we're tired of waiting. Next year, it's always next year. We're tired of waiting. I understand that. I I, I would be if I were a Bengals fan, tired of waiting. But um, this group of 12 includes two of your players who are Hall of Fame worthy. And and you should be tired of waiting. But at least now we're moving forward. And as Butch said, the idea of, of sort of enlarging this the number of annual seniors was to correct oversights or mistakes, and and so that's what they're hoping to do. And honestly, as Butch mentioned, the fact that you've only got one in fifty-four years, yeah, that's a mistake. That's a mistake. Hey, look, you, you
4: made a good point. I didn't even
6: think about that. Bengals Super Bowl three, one
4: player in the Hall of Fame. We got more Super Bowl appearances than we do players in the Hall of Fame.
6: and and whoever's you – know, Whoever's I mean, making that that case, Jeff, that guy should point it out. He should point it out. I mean, I I I don't know who's presenting him, but um, and I know I know Goose is in Riley's corner. That's gonna be helpful because Goose carries a lot of weight in that room.
2: Right. No, I I no, and I Ira Kaufman, uh, Goose Borges. I mean, yeah. uh, they're gonna have plenty of they're gonna have plenty of ammo. And I should say, and Paul did push his guys. You know, when, the day Kenny Anderson retired, Paul Brown said he's a Hall of Famer. Said that about Kenny Anderson, and I know how he felt about Riley. So I just think, uh, you know, the Steelers thing, and and they they winning. and uh, and I remember talking to one of the former Steelers, trying to get a guy to you know talk about Isaac Curtis because yeah, right. you know I mean here's a guy that should be discussed you know that we haven't even talked about as a senior you know right. I, I, and I told the guy from the Steelers you know hey uh, better numbers than Swan and Stallworth oh but we won four we right. got in four well I mean. Isaac Curtis was a reason that the Bengals, you know, got to the playoffs in 73, 75, you know? So, I mean, it's. uh,
6: It goes back to what these guys were saying, though, Butch, because they got in the playoffs. The Steelers, you know, every year and they were uh, won four championships in, in six years because of that. People saw a lot more of them. They saw them. So they knew who they were. And they right. may have not seen Isaac Curtis, so they, they didn't know that's who right. he was. But you go, oh, wait a right. minute, this guy's you know, in the same league. Don't know him. I don't know him. But I saw the I saw the Steelers playing the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. I saw that, right. you know. I, um, you saw Swan's catch? You I saw know, Swan's see. catch, acrobatic yeah. catches. Yeah, I know who he is. I know who Starworth yeah. is. So, um, yeah. I mean, I think it's sort of interesting you have wide receivers for a Steelers team that I think was known for running the
5: football, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so
6: we have two wide receivers. Uh, anyway. Well,
4: That's Clark, nice. man, look, uh, Clark, we appreciate I didn't mean to, to surprise you, P- pull it on Jeff. I wasn't sure if that was going
6: to get want. Yeah, I love having Butch on there. Jeff and I, we've, we've known each other for, what, 30? 30, yeah. 35 years, something like that. Right. Um, Clark's, um, a very,
2: Clark's a very I, I, generous I, I, man. He's, he's a very generous yeah. man. He's helped me out in more ways than 11. Oh, uh, this
6: is the yeah, I'll, I'll I, I want to thank James for the, the Montreal Canadiens question. That's the one that came out of left field. That's the one that came out. With. I love that. Clark, what are we doing
2: with Don Sweeney? What are we doing with Don Sweeney, man? Don Sweeney survives. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I have no, no idea. idea. The only sport we haven't talked about tonight
6: was uh, lacrosse. So I'm sure James will. <laughs> that's, that's Butch's bailiwick, actually. He loves. <laughs> Jimmy <laughs> Brown. Jimmy Brown. Yeah, best
7: yep. Syracuse. Good, there we go. We'll get our weekly Cass yeah. Hercules plug in. There you go.
6: <laughs> but I, I love talking to you guys. That's why when you contacted me, I thought I'll find a way to be on you because I love talking to you. And, and I thought there was a chance that Butch might be on. And you're right. You're in great wow. hands with him. He makes terrific presentations. Um, you'll get these Bengals in, and, and I'm sorry for people who are frustrated. I understand that, but I guess Clark, my only, my only, uh, my only advice would be you're going to have to be patient. You have no choice.
1: Clark, we'll we'll have you back on because very soon uh, after August 16th, we'll, we'll start belly about Willie Anderson not being in.
6: So help <laughs> us
1: help us write another wrong.
6: There you go. I like your Ken Riley framed uh, uniform over your left shoulder. That looks pretty cool. Thank you. Clark, man, we appreciate your time, buddy. Thank you so you much. You got it. Thanks, guys. Really a pleasure. But you take care. Thanks, good guys. to see you.
2: Thanks, Bye. Clark. We'll talk to you soon. Jeff, he's good people, man. Yes, he is. He's a great man, and uh, he's done a lot of good stuff on uh, on the Bengals on that Talk of Fame thing, and he's yeah. a big reason, uh, you know, they're getting a little run now. I think.
4: Yeah, yeah. Jeff, uh, dude, it means so much. You taking time. To- I know you got so many things going on, and. You taking time with just a bunch of fans means a lot to everybody, us and everybody that's watching. But man, we're we're pretty excited, and your your uh, your guy Mon's watching too. Just want to let you know.
2: Name my, my main Mon.
4: Yeah, yeah. So Butch, tell us what's you know. I mean, it was great news. Great news uh, to hear. You know, Kenny and Can being in his final twelve. Whatever you're able to, to, to share, I know there's things you're able to and things you're not able to share. But kind of give us the scoop, man. How does go and, and give us an idea of what happened to get get these guys in there?
2: Well, I just think it's uh, it's more transparent now. You know, I think Jim Porter, the new Hall of Fame president, he heard he heard he heard the concerns from uh, you know from a lot of people about the senior process. Just one wasn't enough, and it was kind of always. Uh, and I mean, you guys know this. You've done such a great job uh, yourselves pushing these guys, it was always a little bit of a, uh, a shroud of mystery over the thing. You know, when did the, when did the committee meet? Uh, What list were they choosing from? You know, and uh, this kind of came to a head. I thought, I thought last year, and this is what I, I expressed to, you know, we had a call and I said, I don't know how Ken Riley two years ago can come to this doorstep with Drew Pearson and virtually nearly get in. And then the next year, he's barely talked about, you know, like last year, it was barely talked about that. Can't, that can't happen, you know? And so there's gotta be more consistency, more transparency. And so I think they've done that. They've enlarged the committee, which I think in a, you know, in an effort to, to, you know, more voices, the better. And they've, you know, they've raised it from one, the big thing they've done is raised it from one to three nominees, which is huge. And, you know, for the next four years, and then the other big thing I think they've done is they've each finalist is going to get a presentation before the vote. Because I never really could figure out what was going on in that final meeting of five, when they broke it down from the nine member subcommittee to five. Why they did that, I don't know. And then what they talked about in there, you never really knew. You never knew who was who were the finalists, who was getting in. And it was always kind of a kind of a mystery. Well now it's now we got it. Uh, they announced it. They announced it at each stage. And there are the 12 finals. And the big thing is each in that meeting, it's going to be like a mini, you know, uh, uh, finals, like a hall final thing that they do the day before the Super Bowl. You know, each guy is going to be presented. And I think that's a big, I think that will be a big, uh, a big, 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 a big bonus for the two Kennys because I think they have as good an argument as anybody in that room. And there's a lot of good arguments in there. But when you hear them. When the 12 guys get together on a screen, the 12 voters, and they stack up their arguments against others, I think, you know, it's both of them got a compelling case.
4: Right, right. Uh, Tom, I know you had a, a bunch of stuff to get with Jeff on here.
2: Tom, how are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty how good.
1: All
2: right, thank you. Okay.
1: Um, you know, one thing is where we're talking about momentum and this and the other. And I think that's a little bit funny for. For guys that have been uh, out of the game since uh, before you know, Super Bowl twenty three, but we were, we were talking a little bit to Clark about what what is set in those room that room against uh, Ken Riley, which uh, the first one is well you know he he played against Lamar Parrish, so yeah. I guess that eliminates Lester Hayes because he played on the other other side of, of Mike Haynes, nice. but you know the, the one thing you know as we've talked to voters. And writers, the one the first thing a lot of times we hear is, you know, I never really really think of Ken Anderson as a Hall of Famer. And then you say, well, he won four passing NFL passing titles. No, he didn't. Oh, yes, he did. Right. He was NFL player of the year. No, he was oh, well, yes, he did. Well, he won yeah. a Super Bowl quarterback. Well, you know, if David Verser runs the right way and makes the right block. Mm-hmm. You know he's a Super Bowl champion. Instead of you know one foot short, he carried a franchise. He took bad yeah. teams, made them average. Took average teams, put them in the playoffs, and took a good team and took them within a foot of the Super Bowl. Uh, you know I have a good feeling. You know hopefully in the next couple of weeks we're going to get good words on one. To steal a phrase from a, a movie, if you use back Iron Man, is it too much to ask for both in these next
2: couple of years? Right. No, that's right. And at Tom, yeah, that's a, that's very uh well said. Uh that's why there's just too many of the that, that's why the Super Bowl, you can't that can't be the tiebreaker. Oh, we want a Super Bowl. That can't be it because there's about there's there's, you know, twenty-one other guys helping him out there. It's the ultimate team game. Uh you know, um Kenny you know, like Kenny Anderson got the Bengals there. He was a the reason they got to the Super Bowl, he was a the reason they were contenders for so many years. So uh you know, um, I, I, that's a, you know, that's, that's not a great argument, the Super Bowl argument, you know, I, like I said, that has given birth to a lot of very good players on great teams being in there and not hall quality players from bad teams or mediocre teams in there. Um, and this is what we're faced with, with, uh, you know, guys like Riley Anderson. And I dare say Isaac Kurtz, you know, cause he could certainly be in this, he could easily be on this list of 12. So, You know, I know it's, I know it's hard, you know, and we've been, you know, we've been battling this. This is, this is, this is nothing new. You know, I've been writing about these guys for, and you guys have been talking about it. I know I've been, you know, going into these, you know, 03, 04, 05, talking to Zimmerman and all these guys and standing outside these, these meeting rooms. So, you know, it's, this is a 20 year, uh, you know, I'm wondering, you know, it's a 20 year deal uh, that I've been kind of amazed that this has gone on. So, uh, but like, you know given how you see but then when you get inside and see what goes on, you're not, you know, you're not too surprised. So I, I think that um, the new format really helps them. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, I'd be stunned, you know, I'd be stunned if one of them th- isn't one of the three. I mean, I'd be, uh, you know, you make a, you know, uh, there are good, you know, I remember Ron Borges saying when they get to this state, when you get to this stage of the finals, when they leave with just one, there's Hall of Famers, you leave the floor scattered with Hall of Famers. All 12 of those guys probably shouldn't, could be in. Yeah, you know, well, I don't know, Sterling Sharp. I I don't know about that. But you know, um, you know, you, Klecko, you know, Klecko is uh somebody asked me today in my column, you know, would I vote for Klecko? Uh, you know, Klecko had a nice career. He didn't have a better career than the two Kenny's. He didn't have a better career than uh, Maxie Bond, a nine-time Pro Bowl. He didn't have a better career than uh, you know than uh, Chuck Hawley. Trust me, you if know. you're on social
1: media, you know one guy that's going to vote for him. I'll leave it alone though. Yeah.
2: Right. I mean, that's you know, and that's that's the thing, and that's the thing with this thing is you have, it's it's a it's a process done by human beings, and so you get what you get, and you have to live with it because we are human beings. And it's not a, uh, you know, uh, sometimes fairness and justice. You don't always get it, unfortunately.
7: Jeff, thanks again for coming on. It's always good anytime we can have a Syracuse alumni on yes. uh, on our show. Uh, thanks, you, Clark Judge mentioned the name Jim Porter a couple times. You mentioned uh, the name Jim Porter. Obviously, we know he took over for Dave Baker at the Hall of Fame. Seems like he's maybe a, a breath of fresh air recognizes the importance of the veterans, getting more of them yeah. on the uh, ballot. Can you uh, touch on the addition of Jim Porter there and Canton and what he's done in a short time?
2: Yeah, you know, he comes from a, uh, he comes from a newspaper background, which I think kind of helps. He kind of understands what we face, what we want to get done, you know? And I think he's for, I think he's all for the transparency thing, you know, being a, being a, you know, f- from a newspaper background himself, you know, Sunshine, you know, want to put everything in the sunshine, you know, and uh, I think that's uh, I think that's really helped As you know, he's been uh, he's a guy that you can talk to, you know, and so I think he's uh, I think he's really he's really helped this process. I, you know, uh, uh, he, he to me, the big thing was uh, enlarging the committee, because I think there are obviously when you talk with human beings, you're going to get agendas, you know. Certain people have certain agendas. Well, the more people you have in the mix, you know, it's going to, I think, curtail that. So, um, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, majority will carry the thing, you know, instead of, uh, you know, I mean, I just, when you had that five man committee making the calls, you know, I mean, three people could block you. Well, that's not, you know, that's, that's, that's tough. That's a tough deal, you know, I mean, uh, uh, so I, I think Jim did a great job listening uh, to that aspect of it and uh, really opening up the uh, really opening up the alley of uh, you know, kind of shedding some light on what goes on. And uh, you know again, well, you know it's still not a, uh, you know uh, Clark mentioned it, and I've been hearing it too, like uh, with Riley. Well, you know, I was talking to a guy to a voter who said, well, you know uh, uh, about Riley, you know, well, they don't th- you know, they threw a lot of interceptions back then. You know, there there wasn't a uh, you know they weren't there wasn't great passing. You know, the completion percentages weren't good. You know, so they try they'll try to find anything for you. He still had 65 picks, which is the bottom line. He's been retired since 1983, and only one man still has more touchdowns than he does since he retired in '83. That would be Rod Woodson. So you know, and then I asked the guy, okay, well, what's the argument with Ken Anderson then? If the if completions percentage were lousy. Here you get a guy who retired as the all-time leader in postseason completion percentage, season completion percentage, and percentage in a game with more than 20 throws. So what's the? So what's going to keep him out there? So, you know, I think the more people you get in this thing, the better shot they got.
4: Jeff, I think one of the things you hit on there, the, the, what we've learned in a very short period of time is you said the, the big word transparency. Uh, that that's critically important, I think, through this whole process because uh, what we've learned over the past couple years—you've been doing this a lot longer. Than we we were shocked at the lack of transparency through this yeah. whole process.
2: Well, we were talking, and I and I and I appreciate Clark saying, well, you know, people didn't start noticing riley until they put in woodson no i have to disagree i have to unfortunately people didn't notice Riley until he passed unfortunately and uh because i worked on that i worked on that uh, you know with him i worked with him in you know the four, three or four pre. you know the three or four previous years uh trying to trying to get him in and uh you know stone wall, stone wall and then when he passed he almost got in which is yeah. that which is sad if that's, if that's how they found out about it. Yeah. So Jeff,
4: I, I thanks for being with us, but I, I guess the, the one thing I'd like to be able to close with, if you are able to share, I know you're going to be a busy man, uh, uh, you know, through this whole process and obviously the 16th is a very big date uh, for Ken and Kenny. Um, again, we, you, you mentioned it earlier. I, I still say we've got uh, Lamar Parrish. I'm looking at my wall here. These pictures of these guys, Lamar Parrish, Isaac Curtis, Corey Dillon, uh, you know Max Montoya, Willie Anderson, all these guys we need to get, but you can't get them all in at once, right? So we got to focus on one or two of these guys, and, Ken and Kenny Kenny are, are the two that are focused right now. So explain to everybody that's watching right now, Jeff, what is really the next step for in, in this process, and how this is going to work when we get up to that date on the sixteenth.
2: Yeah, they're going to, uh, and really, it's out of my hands. I mean, I can, you know, I'm going to help the guys who are presenting, but what can you do? You know, I can't, I can't vote. You know, and, uh, you know, so it's it's kind of like watching a, uh, you know, very frustrating because you're just watching and you've done, you know, you've done what you can, but it's in the hands of the voters. It's like, you know, I guess it's like what a politician feels like on uh, when he's watching the returns come in. What happens is three guys will come out of that thing on the 16th. Okay. They will automatically go to the finals of the whole shooting match. Okay. The Pro Football Hall of Fame Finals. That selection committee and I'm a member of that. That's the big committee meets before COVID it met the day before the Super Bowl. Okay. The senior nominee now it's going to be three senior nominees are going to be a part of that selection process. Uh, And he'll be in there. Those three nominees will be in with um, 15 modern era players, of which you hope Willie Anderson is one, and there'll be also be coaches and contributors. So each finalist is going to be presented, and they'll be in that final vote in February. In that final vote, every finalist will be presented and debated, and then there the will be a yes or no vote. that candidate and he has to get 80 percent of 49 votes to get in and that's why yeah sorry is that is it my understanding is
4: it accurate and again i could be completely wrong on this jeff so the big thing is this date on the 16th what happens in february is somewhat of of a formality right it's very rarely you get
2: yes very rarely is a senior nominee Shot down. I think the last one was in 2012. OK, now it may be there maybe some folks don't like three don't like three senior nominees. They might not like the fact that there's so many. I've heard that there. You know, I've heard some people say, well, why are they getting more than one? But I, I would think, you know, in years past. When it's been one or two senior nominees, they got a pretty they have an v- excellent chance of getting in. Well, that change yeah. now. I don't think so. I think most guys are like me. I think most voters are like me. If this is what the senior committee does, you'll 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 stand by their work. Whoever they bring out, I trust. They know, you know these guys: Borgias, uh, you know, Goose Goslin, Ira Kaufman. You know the new guys that are on there: uh, D. Led and Bob Blobber, These guys know. They they're going to do their research. They know what they're doing. The guys they come out with, I'll more, you know, I'll probably vote for them. I think most voters feel that way. They, they, they've got a committee for a reason, and they'll take the committee's recommendation. Like I said, it hasn't been. I think the last senior guy, it's, it's, it's been like a good ten years that right. a senior not and then he eventually got in. The guy who got, I can't remember. I think it was a, it was an offensive lineman. He was later got in like three years later. Jerry Kramer. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, No, I think it was the guy from the line. I can't remember his name though. Uh, but, um, yeah, but I, maybe Kramer, I don't know if Kramer got voted down. It took him forever, What it took him like 50 years, right, Tom, to get, to get, to get out of the room, you know? And even then it was still, you yeah. know, it was, uh, you know, people were saying, well, you know, he made one play or something, you know, I mean, block, you know, <laughs> had a pretty good world. career. I would say.
1: Actually, he didn't even make that block, but he deserved to be in the hall of fame.
2: There's no quite, there's no question. Yes.
4: Well, Jeff, I I tell you what, here's what we're planning to do on the 16th. Keep your schedule open for give us about 20 minutes, August 16th. Be ready. We're going to be going live from Canton, Ohio, because we expect some really damn good news that day. Uh, Because I'm literally, I will be at Canton. I will be in front doing a live remote from Canton, Ohio on the 16th, brother. So, Make sure you have – make sure you take a couple
2: minutes for us that day. Be ready for it. Oh, there's no question, uh, Jim. I, I mean, I, I wish I could be like Joe Kennedy and uh, promise to deliver Illinois. But I uh, – <laughs> <I>, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I can't uh, – I wish I could. But, yeah, no, definitely. August 16th, big day in American history. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Babe Ruth passed and Elvis Presley passed. But I think Kenny Anderson and Kenny Riley are going to live.
4: Uh well, Jeff, brother, we we appreciate your time, and you mean so much to everybody watching right now, brother. Keep fighting, keep working your ass off, buddy. But uh, we appreciate your time with hey, us today, Jimmy.
1: Jimmy, can I ask him one current? Yeah, Because like, right. I can't get an accurate. Thing, how is the punning competition going?
2: Yeah, I yeah uh, I don't can know. Give me an answer. Yeah, I don't I don't think anybody's punning yet. I think it's all jugs. Okay. <laughs> that's uh, Tommy Tom. That's one of those things where. It's going to be the games, right? over okay. You know, that's yeah. uh, – I tell you what, uh, Crispin looked good holding,
1: but that's all you can say. He <laughs> looked good last year early in camp. I mean, I mean, I remember yeah. going to a couple practices and seeing how well he putted, and then it kind of popped into a couple of the papers. You know, uh, hey, Crispin looks pretty good. I wonder if we – and then he got hurt. You know, right we yeah. thought maybe we had a competition. So I just wondering. But It's going to be know? tough with Huber.
2: It's going to be tough with Huber's hands. I mean, he's got those – He's got those golden hands, you know, and, uh, you know, and we all know McPherson's, uh, you know, McPherson's one of our big web- weapons. So I don't know. I think the, I think the, uh, the punting, maybe, maybe may take a back seat who can hold it, who can snap it. And who can hold it? Because that guy, uh, well, you already saw what he did. McPherson.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jeff, brother, it's we right. appreciate Go. it, man. We, we'll, we'll stay in touch, man. And I can't
2: wait. To, I can't wait till the 16th, buddy. Can't wait to talk to you The 16th. Uh, thanks, everybody, for uh, for uh, checking in. Tommy, good seeing you again. Way to work. Good talking to you, James. And uh, it's who uh, day. who day, buddy. We'll thanks, see you. Jeff. Jeff. Take care. Thank you. See you now. See you, buddy. Night.
7: Staying on your punting situation there, um, Tom, it's interesting that, um, that Jeff mentioned the, the hands aspect. As everybody knows, we had Shane Graham on and last week, and I don't remember if he said it on air or if it was our discussion um, prior how important that uh, holding the ball was on those, um, on those snaps and, you know, obviously Evan's, Evan's a weapon. So uh, punting's, uh, punting's important, but that uh, holding the ball on those snaps is uh, just as important, if not a little bit more.
1: Well, you know, it's on that, you may, Shane Graham said, and I think somebody said here, you know, in this particular competition, the holding aspect might be 60% of you know, the equation of, of who wins that battle saying so, like Shane Graham said, also with teams going for it on fourth down so often from all parts of the field, you know, it, it lessens the, the, the kicking aspect of it puts a little more emphasis on the holding aspect. Hey guys,
4: we're, gonna, we're gonna keep going to, we're going to keep rolling here. We're a little bit behind today and I've had uh, John Turney on here since about nine fifty, So he's ready to go. So guys real quick, um, uh, we're doing something a little different here. I'll let Tom introduce John here. John is on my cell phone. I think we have this connection, right? John, can you hear us right now, bud?
3: Yeah, I, I sure can.
4: Okay, uh, James and Tom, I just want to make sure, can we hear, can you guys hear him when he was talking just now? I it's can. Good? All right, Tom, I'll let you go ahead and do the introduction. Let's get rolling with John. I'm, I'm excited about this
1: guest. John's uh, John's going to be fun. Well, so John is, uh, he is football. He He writes for Pro Football Journal. Uh, writes about the history of the league, the history of the Hall of Fame, their candidates. And he just had an outstanding article a couple of weeks back. I talked to him a little more in depth about it today, where he ranked every senior nominee, I believe all 56 of them, and sort of ranked them in terms of, you know, very likely, somewhat likely, might get in, kind of weak case and so forth. And uh, certainly he gave a lot of attention to uh, both of our guys, both Ken Riley and Ken Anderson, But I spoke to him about that today. and also spoke to him about the process. He is a straight shooter. Uh, Like he said, he calls balls and strikes. He has no allegiance to a team, but he does have a strong knowledge and love for football. So, John, thanks for joining us tonight.
3: Uh, It's it's my pleasure. I don't know what I can add to those great guests you had before. They're Hall of Fame voters, so their opinions really count.
1: Um, I don't have the gravitas that they do. I'm just an observer there's absolutely no question about that there following jeff hobson it's it's kind of like following elvis on stage so we, we apologize for that but uh, no you're talking today you're more than qualified and we love having you we appreciate having you so as you go over these final 12 candidates you broke them down a little bit for me today but but share with all of our uh, our football fans fellow fans out there uh you know how do you see these these 12 who do you see that has a really strong case this year and, and you pointed out some things to me today it, sometimes it isn't about the play and about the career it's the momentum they have had within the committee that makes them likely to get in
7: Jimmy you're muted we can't
4: hear if you could uh, start over with that that answer there John that's on me go ahead
3: no, no problem. Uh, every voter is going to have their agenda. Players that played in their market, players they covered. So that's kind of what I try to follow, and I try to follow that year after year, so I can see how they're how they're holding up in the process. Some guy might ache. Uh, uh, get his head up and and get some momentum for a couple of years, then fall away. Other guys can get momentum going. They're getting closer and closer Then they get in. So I follow that more than probably most people. And it's interesting to me. And I I do that through social media and through contacts of the voters. And it's kind of like picking up the buzz of what's written out there.
1: It's, you know, like you said, the agendas uh, that each of the voters have, uh, in this case, the nine voters in there, uh, as we talked about today, deals they've made, favors they're paying back. Um, You know, they won't vote against they will vote against one candidate to to push their guy that much more deserving or not. More specifically, how do you see. Uh, Our two candidates, the guys that we're most worried about, the guys that are deserving but have been neglected over the years and Ken Riley and Ken Anderson.
3: Well, the highest rating I gave in the article you're referring to was the chances or the odds were pretty good. And I gave Ken Riley the highest. I had several others that are also pretty good because you can never know. But I had him higher than kenny anderson i think kenny anderson has a fair shot i just think he's lost momentum he's been in the final 15 before um and you haven't heard as much about him lately obviously i could be wrong but i don't think i think they might cancel each other out a little bit but if if one survives my opinion is that it'll be ken riley
4: so, so John, in your opinion, uh, again, uh, we're we're asking, we're shooting for the moon and stars, right? Uh, no way in hell both of them get in out of these three. I would think, right? There's no way they're going to let two Cincinnati Bengals seniors get in at the same time. I don't, I don't
3: see that happening. The the voting they have a top twelve, then they'll have a a,
7: a round of votes. It'll cut it to five. Then they'll have another round votes and it'll cut it to three. Jimmy, you're muted. Oh, tiebreaker, I'll, I'll go against two
3: Bengals. I, I, that's just my guess. I could be totally wrong. But I think it's uh, the odds are pretty low of both of them going in this year. Got it.
1: Got it. Tom? So, John, uh, we, we just, you know, listening to, to Clark and Jeff, hearing the, the weaknesses, from you talking to guys, you know, we we have our people that we're able to talk to, but certainly you're a little broader, and like you said, you call balls and strikes very simply. From that national media that maybe wasn't exposed to these Hall of Fame players that played in a smaller media market, two very classy team-oriented guys, uh, What what is a typical argument against the two of them?
3: Well, I think
1: that-
3: – The positives for Kit Anderson are are well-known, the four passing titles. He was a league MVP, and that's rare. And he he got to a Super Bowl, and he was close to winning it. Uh, There's what's called a a little donut hole in his career. Kurt Warner, though, had one where he was great with the the Rams, and then he he had a nice rebound with the Arizona Cardinals. But he had, what, Peter King called a donut hole in the middle where he just was not productive with with the Giants. And they had to consider that if I were making the case for Ken Anderson, I would use Kurt Warner as kind of a model because their careers kind of had similar similar tracks, because if Kurt Warner can get in with kind of the. Two or three years in the middle of his career that were not as productive, sandwiched by tremendously productive years where he won the passing titles and then won the MVP and then another passing title. I think that makes the best case that there is room for a guy who, who you know, might have gotten hurt, might not have a great team in, in those years. But I think that's a, a somebody that ought to use that nugget to, hey, look at look at Kurt Warner. Their careers are similar.
1: No, absolutely. And, uh, you know, so far as, particularly with quarterbacks, they use it for all players, but particularly quarterbacks, when I think of Jim Kelly, Dan Marino, Fran Tarkington, Dan Fouts, um, you know, who couldn't beat Ken Anderson to even get to a Super Bowl. Uh, you know, holding it against Ken Anderson, that uh, the Bengals fell at one foot short of, of winning the Super Bowl sixteen. Uh, I don't think holds much much water, and I think though that argument is starting to lose steam. That a quarterback has to win a Super Bowl to get in.
3: I think you're right. There are plenty of quarterbacks who who didn't win a Super Bowl that are getting in. I, I think I think it was just the consistency with Ken Anderson when he had that lack of production those few years when he was hurt and had the problems. However, that doesn't disqualify him in any in any fashion it just gives some of the voters pause it it gives them something to sink their teeth in and say i'll just pass on him and go with somebody else that's the way i see it it might not be my personal opinion but that's that's what i see them saying or when i talk to them at super bowls that's kind of the things i hear
1: and it's skipping to the other side of the ball uh, a guy like we were talking about similar temperament Team first guy, a little quiet with the media, not a lot of flash, comes in, gives his Hall of Fame performances, and uh, and and went on, you know, would go home in Ken Riley. But uh, comparing him to other defensive backs and mainly cornerbacks, you know, we, we had a little gathering here we call Jungle to the Hall last month. And it isn't just every man in the history of the NFL that has lined up at cornerback, every single player, Ken Riley has more interceptions than one. He's second all-time amongst cornerbacks for interceptions from lining up at the cornerback position. Uh, You know, between that, the players he played against, the respect he has from his peers, uh, you know, other than the fact that uh, he played with a a guy on the other side of the uh, other side of the line of scrimmage is pretty good in Lamar Parrish. I don't see any argument against him. Well, I don't
3: think so because um, Lamar Parrish isn't on the ballot, so he's he's not going to be a factor. I think the dark horse you might look at is Everson Walls because he's got support for at least, from at least a couple of voters who really like him. And he has 57 interceptions, just five behind Ken Riley, and he was all pro, went to some Pro Bowls and won a Super Bowl ring. So he checks more boxes. Now, I'm not saying he was a better player. Uh, That's not for me to say. I'm just saying he checks those boxes that a lot of times those voters like to look at. So that could be an issue in this particular ballot. It, It might not be. But that's something to to look at because he's got some support from New York voters and from, you know, people affiliated with Dallas. They like him a lot. He, he had a, an 11 pick season. He led the NFL three times in picks and, and then he had that ring. So those are just things to kind of put in the back of your mind and, and think about because when you have two players at the same position, they, they might knock each other out. The same might be true of the linebackers. There's a lot of
1: good linebackers on that list. You know, Johnny, you bring up one point, and then I'm going to turn it over to to my my co-hosts. If Ken Riley and Ken Anderson during the era that they played, which was very similar, Kenny Riley from 1969 to 1983, Ken Anderson was a starter from 1971 to 1985, and then he he played a few years after that. Had either one of them played on those miserable – New York Giant or New York Jet teams in the 70s or those miserable Chicago Bear teams in the 70s and early 80s and had the same career that they had here in Cincinnati, they would not have never made it to the senior committee. They'd have been reg- voted in on the regular basis their first 15 years in. So I think you touched on that when you say, you know, guys from New York that are pushing Everson Walls, hell of a player, probably a Hall of Famer, but not Ken Riley. Well, I think you have to deal
3: with the realities, and that's part of calling the the balls and strikes and kind of looking at who's got momentum. Everson Walls made the final 15 a couple of years ago, and he was close to getting in, is my understanding. That's just what I was told behind the scenes. So he made the final, I think he made the final 10, and that's pretty good showing. So that just tells you that he had quite a bit of support. And then I I wasn't sure he was going to, make it to this final 12 Um, when I when I did I, I thought his I thought his chances were fair and I gave Ken Riley a higher prediction or odds of pretty good but you just have to watch those things and when they're when the voters get together they make cases for their players and they look at them and they're weighed and measured and have to look
1: at them pretty closely Got it. Tom, anything else? Nope. I want to shift it off to you guys. You
4: guys yeah. I, I, John, I, I, it's very interesting tonight's show. I mean, we're going obviously way over uh, than what we normally apologize. And thank you for, for hanging on with us on this because, you know, having, um, you know, Clark Judge on early in the show, then Jeff Hobson from the Cincinnati Bengals and you, have we've got three unique perspectives on this. And uh, the one thing we are hearing pretty clearly now is with the new, uh, the new process getting three voter three three seniors in, there, there seems to be a pretty good consensus that there's more transparency now than there has been in years past on this stuff so is that something you're able to comment on or if you're if stuff you've heard as well yeah i absolutely agree
3: the senior committee used to <clears throat> pardon me senior committee used to be well still 12 members but then they would pick they rotate five and those five would meet in, in a room in August at the Hall of Fame. And some of the personalities might be strong. Some of them might not be. They also had two advisors that are from the Hall of Fame. So one year, I don't know, it could be Roger Staubach. And it might be, I don't know, just throw out any Hall of Famer's name. And they would advise what was going on. I don't believe they're going to be doing that this year. It's just going to be the 12 voters discussing the the, the cases somebody'll stand up make a case for joe klecko somebody'll stand up and make a case for bob kuchenberg somebody'll you know stand up and make a case for ken riley <clears throat> i apologize for that got something stuck in my throat it's okay so then they'll then they'll just make their votes you know according to their conscience they'll cut they'll list their top five guys based on that and then they'll have a list of five, and they won't discuss it any further. They'll just cut it to three. And the great part about it was is having three instead of one. A couple of years ago, we wrote and and you know just begged Dave Baker. Of course, we had no no uh, no pull whatsoever to have at least two seniors. When there were three that came out, I, I was ecstatic. So it being more transparent and having more senior players, that's going to solve a lot of the problems. So if, it, so if somebody you like from the Bengals doesn't get in this year, it doesn't preclude it from the next year. Because over the next three years, there's going to be nine guys that get in. And you can probably bet that a lot of those nine are going to come from this list of 12.
4: Yeah, you would hope so. I'll tell you, and this is nothing, John. We, we've heard your comment about, hey, being patient, being patient. I get it. We're hearing that across the board. But I'm telling you, man, I, I it's one thing us as fans, you know, being told to be patient. But, man, when you've got family members and, of Ken Riley, Ken Riley uh, and people telling Ken Anderson for the last 10, 15, 20 years to be patient, be patient, be patient, at some point, they're just not hearing that anymore. And I think that's kind of where we're at as well. And. So I'm going to put you on a spot a little bit. You do not have to answer this. I didn't give you a heads up. I didn't tell Tom to to kind of prepare you for this. But if you had your your vote and you had three guys going in uh, this year for the senior vote, I remind you this is a Bengal fan show. Hopefully one of those three will be a Bengal, but hopefully two. But tell us who you what three you think. Uh, again, we know you're impartial. You're you're not gonna you're not a fan of any specific team, but. What three do you think, um, not in any order, one through three, but uh, that you think get in uh, this year for the seniors?
3: Well, I've already posted on that. I I think Chuck Howley has a very good chance. I think five All-Pros, six Pro Bowls, Super Bowl MVP, uh, winning a Super Bowl. I think he's got a really good chance, so I would predict him. Uh, I think Randy Gratishar probably has his year this year. And I'm going to give you uh, – I'm going to give you kind of a sleeper Cecil Isbell of of the Packers from they're going to reach. I think they might reach way back. I think one of those three slots is going to be reserved for a super senior that goes way back a long ways. Uh, I could be totally wrong, but um, I just the fact that he's on there says a lot and just to bring him up and put him on the final 12 might mean the that the packer voter and some of the some of the voters are listening to some of the historians that said this guy was great he threw all those passes to Don Hudson so that would be my dark horse um, it's not necess- I'm not one, I'm not saying I would put him in personally I probably probably wouldn't but that's my dark horse for the third guy got it got it well, John, we
4: appreciate it uh, so much for being with us, buddy. It means a lot. And thanks for hanging on with us. You I know we were a little late getting you in there, man. And Tom wanted to kind of say something in closing as well.
1: No, John, just wanted to thank you. And uh, hopefully you don't mind if we, we bug you a few more times, you know, uh, with the announcement coming up in a couple of weeks. And then, uh, uh, like we mentioned a Clark, uh, also uh, analyzing Willie Anderson, we feel very strongly about him getting in, not waiting another year, but getting in now yeah I, I i agree with that one i
3: agree with that a lot i think willie anderson deserves to be in the hall of fame but i know you run out of time but he was a personal favorite he was a great right tackle
4: yeah well brother we we'll appreciate it we, we will stay in touch big dog it means a lot thanks so much for your time tonight all right thank you thank you buddy see ya. so i hope that sound was okay so let's pull let's pull uh, i'm not sure what happened to jamie i don't I haven't looked at my text message Ho- hopefully jamie's okay um but let's uh, let's pull on Caleb here. So, Tom, I, I John was fun to talk to, man. He knows his shit.
1: He does. He does. He does a great job. Uh, I personally don't always agree with uh, some of the guys that write for that, but they do have uh, a few big, big stars, and clearly he's one of them. So, hopefully, we'll have him back on.
7: Yeah.
1: You know, it's something,
7: uh, I'm going to reiterate this again. It, it sounds like the the changing of the guard at uh, in Can has has been good. Um, you know, all three guests mentioned the the new president. Um, you know, we had David Baker on the show, and seemed like a nice guy. Obviously, we know that he had a, a quick, quick retirement, and it was gone pretty quickly um, from the Pro Football Hall Fame. But it, it, all three of our, our guests tonight spoke very highly of the the new man in charge up there, and, and hopefully that um, that'll lead. Um, you know, I think as as it was said more transparency with what goes on in, the, in this voting and ultimately at the end of the day getting our uh, bengals in the in the hall of fame
4: right right well guys real quick there's some things at the beginning of the show go ahead whoever that was Sorry.
5: all right i was gonna say i was really thinking that uh you were trying to gear him towards picking a bengal in one of his three and he did not give in to the peer beer salesmanship didn't come through there Jim. i was hoping for it Shit.
4: i don't want to push him too hard on that but you know, again, he's not voting at the end of the day. There's some definitely some guys of that 12, uh, Tom and I know, that are in Riley and Anderson's corner. So, I, I, you know, all these years that Ken Riley's family and Ken Anderson have been told, be patient, it's going to happen. Be patient. Well, 3, four, five, 10, 15, 20, come on, every year. It, it's, that just goes on deaf ears to me at this point. But a couple of things we forgot to hit on uh beginning of the show, guys. Uh, August 20th. Uh, Cincy Bob's, our guy, our buddy Josh, is dropping a new bobblehead. Tim Crumry is being released on 8:20. Uh, you can go to their website, cincybobbs.com. I think Caleb will try to put that in the comment section for you if you want to kind of look at that. Uh, it's 12 to 3 that day. If you want to, you can go online and order and pay, or you can actually go to Heirloom Framing up in Fairfield uh, to pick up a Tim Crumry bobblehead. Again, only 288 of these things from 12 to three to heirloom framing on the 20th of August to pick that up. So uh, really cool stuff in the works, uh, not just with Tim Crumwright, bobblehead, but some other great surprises, Josh and and those guys got planned for us. Uh, the other thing too, uh, we weren't joking about August 16th. Uh, it, you know, we will find out, I'm hoping mid, late morning that day, uh, if uh can get into the Hall of Fame. I will be driving up to Ken. We'll be doing a live remote in front of the Hall of Fame that night uh, because I I just feel my heart. One of those guys are getting in. I think that's right. I think there seems to be a little bit more momentum for for Ken Riley right now than Ken Anderson. But God, it would be awesome if both of them got in at the same at the same time. Uh, The other thing, too, Cincy shirts uh, dropped that uh, untamed front and back kind of '80s rock era uh, James idea uh, of of, uh, a, a tailgate shirt. And I know those things are selling like crazy. So make sure you go to, uh, I think it's www.BengalGym.com. You can order multiple shirts. The koozies are are dropped. I think we've sold well over 100 shirts and maybe 40 plus koozies in a very short period of time. 100% of those proceeds go directly to the Ken Anderson Alliance, okay? 100% of those proceeds go to the Ken Anderson Alliance. We'll start giving you guys updates on where things are with that. But uh, it was really cool to be at the uh, stadium yesterday and see... Run into three or four people wearing the uh, the untamed shirts uh, with the concert tour stuff on the back. So very cool, James. Great idea on that, man. We seen I seen three or four people yesterday with them on at the stadium.
7: Where's our Where's our picture for it to pop up here and brag about it some more?
4: Oh damn we got, it! I we, mean, got
7: the, we got the big burrow. We got our talking football one. But
4: hold on, we got the big burrow. Got the big burrow. Uh, we got the koozie. We got the the tailgate. I I did not put that damn thing in here. That's on me. That's on me.
7: All right, now that, that's a cool shirt again thanks to our buddy josh at, at cincy shirts for unveiling that he did some some teasing picks leading up to it and i think i don't know a lot of fans didn't know what to expect and then uh unloaded that and it was, it was very cool so uh props to them as you said go to banglegym.com order those if you're not around um the uh cincy area they'll gladly uh ship you one and uh enjoy they're pretty cool
4: Let's go around and close this damn thing out, guys. Sorry, we're a little bit later again today, but three great guests. I hope you guys learned something about the senior voting for the the seniors and, and for the Hall of Fame. Every time we have these conversations with these guys, we learn something a little bit new. So, um, I, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about the 16th, thinking you know one of these guys are going to get in this year. So we'll kind of kick it off here. James, you want to go ahead and uh, start out the closeout?
7: Yeah, it does. Uh... Excited. I mean, what a turnout Saturday down there at uh, PBS. I think that's just a, a precursor for what we're going to um, see this year. Uh, sold out Paul Brown Stadium every uh, every week. And uh, to see all the Bengals fans turn out for, you know, for a practice was just crazy. So props to um, them. Also something we didn't touch on, but something that affects the AFC North, possibly um, a verdict or the judge's ruling or the mediator, whatever. She is on what's going to happen to the uh, quarterback on the, uh, on the team up north. You know, I think we were going to put a, um, a poll question up. I think check um, Twitter after, you know, we hear everything from two games, six games, eight games, the full season, um, you know, what will ultimately happen to, um, to their quarterback. Obviously some strong opinions um, on, on what should happen. We'll see what the ultimate verdict is, but uh, supposedly that's uh, going to be released tomorrow. So we'll keep our ears open to, um, to that. Again, you know, this, this Hall of Fame thing is, is something personally I didn't think about until we, we did the first jungle to the hall um, last year. And it, it's something that's kind of grown near and dear to um to my heart and and what we do and you know had a second great jungle to the hall this year and it's just you know it's a shame that we don't have more in um, you know we heard the number of Super Bowls versus the number of people in and uh, obviously lopsided in the in the wrong direction and we need more so I think fans uh, across the world Bengals fans across the world have you know just keep blowing the horn and 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 keep moving forward. You know, we keep hearing next year, if not this year, but um, kudos for staying positive. It's certainly a frustrating process, but think of how hard it is for, for us, the fans first, you know, the, the players and their families that are struggling with it, you know, this time every year, it just, you know, keeps coming up and, and just frustration, just get your hopes up and then get let down. So keep, uh, keep fighting a good fight and, you know, it's going to happen. And um, you know, have these guys on, I think, you know, preaching to them and, and, you know, hearing the Bengals fans preaching and, and doing it in, in the right way uh, goes a long way. So, so keep it up, uh, Tom.
1: No, like you said, uh, keep fighting the good fight and keeping the word out. It does matter. So these next uh, 16 days, social media, flood them, everything, everything we know about these two legends, Ken Ryland, Ken Anderson, the passing titles, the MVP, the leadership, the skill, the interceptions, and the class that both men uh, exemplify, not just for the Bengals, but the city as a whole. Uh, Housekeeping, a reminder, next Sunday night we will be on. We've got one guest already uh, confirmed, Austin Elmore from Cincy360, a very big Bengals fan on uh, iHeartRadio, does a great job covering the Bengals. He will be one guest to join us. And then after that, August 16th, the games – preseason games will started. It's the night that the Hall of Fame uh, senior committee nominees are out, and then we'll go back to Tuesday. We'll go back to game time time every week. We'll see you Tuesdays at 8. But Thank you for your patience tonight, and Caleb.
5: I I was actually going to point out the same thing that James was with this upcoming verdict. Um, Just because of when we play the Browns specifically, it could very well be his first game it could be his last game of the suspension um jim and i've even talked about it as far as uh purchasing the away tickets about gambling if when it's gonna the decision comes out whether the price going to go up or down versus that but i mean a lot of people seem to think it's right about that time so definitely looking forward to that um very excited that all three of our guests seem to have at least moderate hopes that um, pretty excited that we tw- made it into the final 12, but um, it's it's a lot more encouraging than if we had had this conversation with them three years ago, four years ago, it seems. Um, so as you guys have mentioned, pounding pounding the pavement for them, talking about it, it it's, it's working and it, it's clearly heading in the right direction. Yep, I agree.
4: And just a, a quick secret, this is kind of news, breaking news. Tom and I are going to be sneaking into the room when they have these discussions about Ken Anderson and Ken Riley. We're we're going to be presenting. Uh, so we're, we're going to be doing it. We're going to get one of these guys in, Tom. We're going to make it happen.
1: Who did Jeff say was
4: was presenting? I don't know, That's a question we got to get. Uh, Jeff, if you're watching still, brother, if, if you're able to tell who's presenting for Riley and Anderson, that'd be awesome. <laughs> But, uh, no, I, I appreciate everybody again. I know this is the second or third week in a row we've had uh, – we've went over on our time. But I'll tell you what, that last last episode last week with the 2005 team was just a really lot, – a lot of fun for us. Hopefully it was fun for you guys. Tonight the three guests were amazing. Jeff, as usual, is always uh, great. Um, so it was really good having these guys on and learning a little bit more about that that Hall of Fame process, especially that confusing lack of transparency over t- at times – about the seniors and how that works. So we appreciate all the guests tonight as well. Uh, next week, uh, you know, Tom talked about one guest. We're, we're we're waiting on some responses for from a couple other ones. Just stay tuned. We'll get some information out. I would say I will not be here next week. Uh, I'm going to be offline Got a strategic planning session for my business here. Uh, Sunday night we head down to Lake Norris, so we're offline uh, for three days at Lake Norris uh, doing some strategic planning. So I will not be here next week. Uh, I will tell you, we are going to do a duck race next week. We've had multiple people donate some tickets for us. So we've got multiple tickets for the preseason game with parking passes and along with some other goodies we'll give away uh, for that duck race. So stay stay tuned for what charity we're working with this week for the duck race. But it's going to be multiple tickets with parking passes for the first preseason game uh, as well, along with some other stuff. But, guys, it means a lot. You guys tuning in. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, we can't wait to see you guys next week. And we're not that far away from football, guys. Stay tuned. It's going to be another fun year this year. day everybody. Good day.